We're going to go to the book of Lamentations, the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. The book of Lamentations, chapter 3. Sorry for all those different announcements. Thank you, praise team and choir for bringing the spirit up. Thank you so much. Amen. Oh, you got your own little stage now. Look at it. <laughs> Togo said, I'm, I'm special. Y'all going to put the spotlight over there. Ain't no, I wonder where he was. I took over there. And build his own little stage in the wall. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Lamentations chapter 3, verses 16 through 26. And it read, He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes. And though, and thou hast removed my soul far off from peace. I forgot prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord, remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. These are recalled in my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Lord, I ask for your power, your grace, and mercy. Upon me as I bring a word for your people. Please allow me to speak your truth and your power. Please allow me to speak a word that convicts and not condemns, that pulls up but continue to keep us humble. We thank you, Lord, for your word because you said it shall never return unto you void. So as this word goes out to you, bring us all of the hope and manifest and manifest all of the glory that your word shall bring in our lives individually and collectively. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. I just want to speak on the subject. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, great is thy faithfulness is a, a powerful hymn in all the churches. While worshipers can sing it on any given Sunday, this hymn often turns up mostly during the Thanksgiving season. We sing the familiar words about God's unchanging character and his steadfast consistency through the seasons. Yet few of us remember and few of us know that the theme of the hymn's lyrics comes from the book of Lamentations. The prophet Jeremiah writes, Lamentations the time of grief. However, Jeremiah doesn't stop in his lament, right in the midst of complaining to God, the prophet remembers what makes life worth living. Because the Lord's great love, we are not because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail; they are new every morning. Great is Your faithfulness. We focus too much on our love for God more than we emphasize how much God loves us. See, our love sometimes has limitations. We can never love God as much as he loves us. See, once you realize God's love uh, loves you even more than you love yourself, 
you will be unshakable in most in the most dire situations. You know why I don't worry about my enemies? Because I know God loves me. You know why I don't worry about if I get laid off from a job? Because I know God loves me. You know why I don't worry about anything? Because God, God loves me. Every now and then, if when I begin to worry about something or stress about something, I just remember how much God loves me. And you got to remember the same thing. Many times we complain about what is going on in our lives, but if we just look back over our lives, we can truly say that we've been blessed. We have testimonies, as the song says. Some of us are complaining about our lives at this very moment. If we look at how much we have been blessed with blessings that we don't even deserve, we would stop. We sin every day, yet we are in positions of power and influence. We still have clothes on our backs. We sin, yet we own our own businesses. When so many companies are going out of business, ours are still standing. We need to bring back the old Timex logo, model. Y'all remember that? Take a lick it and keep on ticking. You got to let the devil know, no matter what you throw at me, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than an overcomer. And I don't care what you throw at me, I can take a licking and keep on ticking. You can throw anything at me, I'm going to still look to the hills and which cometh my help, and I'll be like Job. Yet I would say, though he slay me, oh, will I trust him? Because I know all things happen for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So even this hell I'm going through. I'm going through it because God has ordained it because he wants to build some character in me. Because he has gifts in me that if I get the gift right now, if he elevates me right now, my character would not sustain me in that position. He wants to get the chafe out of me. He wants to get the mess out of me. He wants to get the things out of me that impede my faith. Because once he puts me in the light, the lights will burn me up if I'm not ready for the elevation. The prophet Jeremiah reassures us that God is always faithful to us. He reminds us that God's care for us runs deeper than our circumstances. He reminds us that God has mercy on us, but God cannot condone sin and it will never go unpunished. He tells us in verse 39 that no living man should complain when punished for his sin. He's saying if we are still living and haven't lifted our eyes in hell, then we should count it all joy because the Bible says in an instant the sinner is dashed into eternity. When justice tried to hang us, aren't you glad mercy and grace cut the rope? Oh, come on, somebody. He, if he gave us justice, we would lift up our eyes in the pits of hell, but he gave us grace and mercy. He loves us so much that he commanded grace and mercy to follow us all the days of our lives. And some of us walk down some streets we shouldn't walk down. We go down some dark alleys in life we shouldn't go down. I'm so glad grace and mercy follows me and me having to follow grace and mercy because even if I make my bed in hell, my God still is in grace and mercy to make sure it brings me out. Can I talk to somebody that know they're not perfect? Can I talk to somebody that know they've sinned yet God has been mighty mighty good to you even in your frivolousness, even in your unfaithfulness, even in your sinfulness, even in your infirmities and your weaknesses, God still 
is faithful to you. Even when you're unfaithful to him. Come on, somebody. Can we talk to Hosea? Some of us are walking around here like Gomer. Some of us are walking around here like prostitute. I'm not saying you laying down with everybody, but some of us are. But I'm just talking about, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're doing. But all of us fall short of the glory of God. Yet we come in here and spray on the center of praise. Put on our high heels and our dresses. Put on our ties and our suits and try to act like we got it all together. But truly, I don't care. Look at your neighbor. I don't care how fine she is. I don't care how well dressed he is. He got some problems in his life that he don't want to even tell you about or she don't want to speak about. And all she could do was pray on the sin of praise and shout hallelujah even though they're going through hell right now. I don't care how good somebody looks. It's some hell in their life that you don't know about. It's some hell in my life that you don't know about. And you know what? I don't care because God is faithful even when I'm unfaithful to him. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10 it says but because of his great love for us God who was rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, after hearing this scripture, you should not worry about if you're going to be blessed. God, through his grace and mercy, has already preordained your success. Don't get frustrated with the process. Don't abort your blessing in the midst of the process. Our real blessings come out of the crock pot. Come on, somebody. I ain't going over nobody's house that ain't got no crock pot. I ain't going over nobody's house who ain't got no real stove. I ain't going over nobody who's trying to give me a microwave turkey. Come on, somebody. I need to let you know right there. And if the same way that the turkey don't taste good coming out the microwave, if the same way your life would not be as rich if you get a microwave blessing. God wants to put you in the crock pot. God want to season you up. God want to get you ready. He going to take you to hell to get some spices in you. He going to let you go through some frustrated to get some salt and flavor in your life. What good is salt if it loses its salt in it? Sometimes God takes you through some mess to put some flavor in your life so you can have a testimony. Come on, somebody. If you don't have a testimony, if you don't have a story, nobody want to hear nothing you got to say. If you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth, how can you teach me how to make money? You already was born in money. I want to find somebody who done been through hell and high water. I want to find somebody that done been through some mess and that God has brought them a mighty, mighty long way and built their character and helped them get out of the mud and took them from the pits of hell to the glorious all oh, y'all don't want to hear me Ooh. 
The Bible says that God chastises those who he loves. Psalm 23 says that his rod and his staff shall comfort us. You do know his rod and his staff not just for your enemies. Sometimes that rod for you. Come on, somebody. Sometimes God got to yank us back in line. Sometimes God got to get us right. And he chastised you because he loves you. Because he knows his punishment will hurt you less than the destruction you walk into. If God really loves you and he punishes you, you better start saying thank you. And stop blaming the devil for everything you're going through. Because sometimes God will gut punch you to make sure he gets you off the wrong path and put you on the straight and narrow because he loves you that much. <laughs> and I, I'm glad they said I don't mind waiting. Y'all sing the right song right there. I don't mind waiting. <laughs> you, sometimes you got to learn, not, 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 learn how to wait. You know what that really means? Shut up. I don't mind waiting. I don't mean, God, God, give me this again. Help me, Lord. Give it to me. It, it, we already fall short of the glory of God. So really, he don't owe us anything. If he don't do anything else, he don't owe us nothing. If he don't do anything else, he's already done a lot. You know how you, how, I, I can't talk to the young folk because y'all, y'all done got so uh, conservative with your raising your kids. Well, some of y'all liberal because the, the, the girl boy thing, I don't, I don't know how they be doing that. But, 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 but let me just talk about, I'm talking about, about whoopings. Huh. I'm talking about, remember back in the day, if you got in trouble and they asked you a question, you didn't even know if you were supposed to answer the question or just be quiet? Come on, somebody. Because you don't know if it's a trick question because they already know the answer, but am I supposed to talk at all? Anybody remember that? Anybody remember that? If you got in trouble and you talked back, you knew it was inevitable that you was going to get hit. But if you just sat there and be quiet, you might not get hit. Now, you still may get hit, but at least you got a chance to escape it if you just sit there and be quiet and look like you feel bad about what you did. Oh, some of y'all new school don't understand what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is you got to learn how to wait on the Lord because sometimes he chastises you to make sure he gets you on the right path. You ain't got no right to complain. You don't have any right to talk about anything. He was without sin. It's the only one that don't that has the right not to that has the right to complain. Jesus never complained, even though he was without sin. So what you whining about? They hated Jesus, and he had done nothing wrong. They struck him up on the cross. Oh, come on, somebody! And he was perfect. So if they put a perfect man on the cross, they definitely going to crucify you. Why are you worried about, huh, why they, they talking about me? I ain't do nothing. You ain't do nothing today. <laughs> you, you, you ain't do nothing over there. But sometimes God will punish you somewhere. You know what I love about God? God never really hits you where you guilty. See, see, I done got to the point where I don't even complain when people lie on me. At least they ain't telling the truth. A lie ain't going to hurt me. The truth may. And when somebody talking about you and it ain't true, don't even get mad about it. Just think about the thing that they could be saying that is true. I'm just saying. 
And so when I get, when somebody talk about me and they ain't do nothing, I don't even get mad about it because I know that God is chastising me for something I did somewhere else. God loves you so much that he don't even let your mess that you really doing destroy your life. And sometimes he'll let an enemy talk about you in an area you fortified in just so he can punish you for an area you are not fortified in. Huh? It got quiet. Everybody like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be quiet. Hey, hey, make sure y'all get a clip out of this one because they got real quiet. I don't care how good or bad it sounds because they got, oh, Lord, I'm going to be quiet. Because we've done something. And see, if you plant seeds here, the seeds may not come from New Beach Grove. Your, your reaping may come from somewhere else. Even though you tithe here, you may reap somewhere else. And, and sometimes you may do evil somewhere, but the evil may not come back right there, but it'll come back somewhere else. Because God chastised those who he loves. I'm just saying. I'm going to get out of that one because y'all got real quiet. Huh? See, see, just say, don't, 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 don't talk back or let your anger be directed toward God because he loves you. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Don't bite your heavy load bearer. Don't bite your saving grace. Don't bite your Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Don't bite your Jehovah Rophe, your healer. Don't bite your Jehovah Nisi, your victory. Don't bite your Jehovah Mekidah, your sanctifier. Don't bite the hand of your Jehovah Shalom, your peace. Don't bite his hand because he loves you. Just be quiet and take it. He who is without sin is the only one that got the right to say something. If you're not Jesus... I ain't talking about all them Jesuses out there. If you ain't Jesus, you don't have a right to complain. He died on the cross for you even though you was a sinner. Even though we wrong, he died for us to become the perpetuation for our sin to make sure that we may not perish but have everlasting life. He went to the cross and became sin for us. To neutralize the hand of the devil, yet we want to complain about when hell goes wrong in our life. At least we ain't in hell. Uh, let me, let me. I, I'm, I'm trying to talk to somebody. See, see, see. The thing about this, just be quiet. Even when your enemies come, at you like a flood because he ain't gonna let them destroy you. Know how? Huh? He's he not going to let him destroy you, even though a weapon is formed, he, he won't let it prosper. Uh, what I love about God is, uh, uh, loves and, and confused about God is because God used uh, different countries to punish the Israelites, his chosen people. But then after they repented, he would get mad at the same folk he ordained to, 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 to punish them. I'm like, hold on, God. Now, you sent them to punish them, yet you mad after they repent that they did it. You told them to do it. Right? So, so, so my thing is this. Even God loved you so much, even when God has ordained an attack on you that was even sent by him, when you repent and get your heart right, he going to get mad and deal with your enemies. Ain't that crazy? 
I don't care if it makes sense at all. All I know is when it ain't my fault, he got my back. When it is my fault, he got my back. When I do the right thing, he got my back. When I do the wrong thing, he got my back. When I got the right answer, he got my back. When I get the wrong answer, he got my back. My God shall be an ever-present help to me. Even if I make my bed in hell, my God is still right there. Oh, come on, somebody. He loves you more than your mom. Jesus. See, see, before I became a leader, this is what I thought, though. I thought that God said, if you pray to God for a vision, the people will love you if you love them. I thought if you submitted to the leadership over you, your leaders under you will submit to you. Well, let me tell you something today, baby. No, the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. It don't matter how good you are, some hell gonna come in your life. It don't matter how perfect you are, how holy you are, how upright you are. There's gonna be some storms in your life that you're gonna have to overcome, and you better make it through it like Philippians say, without complaining. Because if you just look to the healer which comes with your head, He's going to deliver you from that mess anyhow. He's going to deliver you from everything that the devil throws at you that he allowed to get through. And he's going to let you overcome even the punishments that he's ordained to go in your life because of your unrighteousness. But even though he allowed it to happen, when you repent and turn away from your wicked way, he will be righteous and, and, and just and fair and full of grace and mercy and get you out out of the mess that you put yourself in. He'll get you out of your entanglements that you created. Ooh, that you made. That's your fault. So if he get me out of stuff that's my fault, I know he gonna get me out of stuff that's your fault. So I ain't worried about my enemies. The main person I'm worried about is myself. Because if I can walk the right way, he's going to handle all my mess quickly. But even when I fall, even when I mess up, God is still there for me. I'm going to say it one more time because David said, even if he made his bed in hell, y'all got to know how much God loves you. When you understand how much he loves you, you will stop crying when your enemy comes at you and understand if I just sit there and pray and lift up my head from which cometh and lift up my eyes and look up to the hill of which cometh my help, I know God is going to take care of me. Look at this. Look here. We can endure difficult struggles. Ezra tells us in Ezra 3.11, tells us that his mercies endures forever. His love can overcome our darkest fear, greatest loss, and deepest sorrow, and forever, for every long, dark night of the soul, a new morning ascends on the horizon, bringing a new day. This sermon was birthed to touch someone's pain of rejections. Pain and rejection. Your weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Don't take these words lightly. These are life-giving promises from God that all of us need during our darkest moments. Some of us have gotten to the points in our lives where we didn't even want to live. 
but God saw our sorrow and returned our joy. This sinful and disappointing world cannot guarantee health, wealth, and success, but we do have the promise of God's power and love. When we feel hopeless, we can submit to God's will, wait quietly for his deliverance, and rest in the promise that his love will carry us through. See, God compares himself with the shepherd, and he compares us to sheep. Can I tell you something? Sheep nasty, stinking animals. I mean, I, 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 I love God, but I don't really want to be called a sheep, but I know why he called us a sheep. Sheep, if, if, you know how they tell you, remember when you was little, they told you to count sheep, to jump over the fence, because they knew sheep were so dumb that if one sheep rolled off the cliff and died, the other was keep following, unless the shepherd stopped them. Sheep stink. They stink. When they use the bathroom, one or two, it gets stuck in their wool. It's so thick. They can't do nothing when they work. So that's why the, the shepherd got to, to, to shear them and, and, and shave some of their wool off because once their wool becomes so thick, they can't even move. They can't even drink water that's moving or they are drowned because their wool is so thick. If a sheep fall down, it can't get back up because the wool is too heavy. A sheep is helpless. It, it, and it's easy to track because they smell so bad, the wolf know where they at. It's hard to cover a sheep because they so dumb and nasty and helpless. The more I talk to them, I'm like, dang, God, you call me a sheep for real? <laughs> but he's saying that even you, though you messed up in your sin stinks to me because God said, I can't look at sin. When Jesus was on the cross, God turned his back on him and, and Jesus said, Eli, Eli, Shabbat today. Why, my God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because when he became sin, God turned around because he couldn't look at sin. But because you covered with the precious blood of Jesus, he said, I'm going to cover you even though you dumb like sheep. I'm going to lead you beside the still waters. I'm going to take you through the valley of the shadow of death. See, the valley of the shadow of death is not just us talking about a valley. It's a particular valley in Israel where, in, 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 in Israel where, where the hill, is, you look down, it's, it's just a narrow walkway. And you, about a hill, about maybe three, 4,000 feet high, and the lions and, and the wolves could hide in the mist because they, they can blend in with the rocks and the terrain. And when the sheep would walk by, they'd be ready to pounce on them. And that's the, 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 when, when Jesus gave the parable of the Good Samaritan, that's the, that's, that's the valley he was talking about of where the marauders had robbed the man because you can't see anything from the bottom, but they can see you from the top. And so they would sit there and be ready to pounce on them. So God is saying, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and you don't even know the mess that's coming at you, my rod and my staff shall comfort you. Even though the enemy is looking at you from the next cubicle, even though the enemy is looking at you from the next job, even though the enemy is looking at you on Facebook, even though the enemy is looking at you on Instagram, even though you're praying for the enemy, don't even know that's your enemy, I'm going to be right there in the midst. Today, you are walk through the valley of the shadow of death. His rod and his staff shall comfort me because I'm helping. 
helpless like a sheep and I can't see everything, but my God sees everything and he protects me from my enemies. Some of us praying with people that don't, that's not really praying for us, they're praying on us. But God, because he's our shepherd, he's covering us. There are some people that work right beside you, your number two, your number three people. Some of you have businesses, and they're trying to embezzle from you and steal from you. But because God is your shepherd, he's going to guard his sheep. Okay, y'all don't hear me. I believe God is going to reveal your enemies. Some of y'all have enemies that you don't even know about, and God is going to show them this week. I prophesy that. I speak that to you right now. Some of y'all are walking with some people that mean you no good. Some of the people are walking walk with you that want to manipulate you and make you do what they want you to do, even though it's what God has told you to do. It's something else. I'm praying, and I'm covering you right now in the name of Jesus that this week God will reveal your enemies to you, and you will know that they're your enemies. You will know that they mean you no good. You will know that they've been trying to destroy you for so long. And when you find out, you're going to give God a glorious praise because you're going to be like, how in the world did they not destroy me? I told them all my business. I told them all my secrets. Yet God has covered me. Man, this sermon is serious today. I ain't even joking with y'all today, Lord. I want to say something funny. <laughs> I know some of y'all had to change diapers. But don't get mad because God got to change your diaper. Your sin. Your frivolous. Our mess. Our shortcoming. He changes billions of diapers every day. You fuss about one or two. Just know how many times God has changed your sinful diaper that he don't even want to look at. God hates sin more than you hate boo-boo. I bet you that. See, one of the most amazing things of a parent, though, is the ability for them to recognize their child voice, especially a mama. Ever been in a, in a crowded store, you know, Black Friday or whatever? That's the only thing black they say good. Black Friday. <laughs> and everybody out shopping. It don't matter how many clothes, and somebody say, Mama, don't nobody turn around but that child mama. Mama, don't nobody turn around but that mama. That's the parent of that child because they know their child's voice. They can hear mama all day, mama all day. They might turn around after a while and be like, can you find your mama? After they get irritated with the child, keep saying mama because the other mama ain't there. But they know their child's voice. And the same way that your mama know your voice, God knows your voice. I don't care how many people praying to God at the same time. God knows distinctly who you are because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves you that much that he treats you like you're the only person in the world. Come on, somebody. I don't care if Jesus loves you. He loves me too. In fact, I say Jesus loves me and he loves you too. Come on, somebody. Jesus loves me. He loves you too. And he loves even your enemy. And sometimes he chastises your enemy because he loves your enemy and he wants them to know that he loves you too. Come on, somebody. I don't understand why we are worried about 
things that go on in our lives because if we understood how much God loves us and how much that he wants us to succeed, he already told you that he'll stick closer than any brother. He already told you even if the enemy comes at you like a flood, he'll be right there. He already told you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He already told you he will begin a good work and you shall finish it. He already told you if you walk through the waters, they won't overtake you. If you go through the fire, you won't be burned. He already told you that he's an Alvin and Omega, the beginning and the end. He already told you that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He already told you that he went above all things that you'd be prosperous and in good health, even as your soul prosper. He already told you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever call on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He already told you that he loves you. He already told you that he knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. So why are you worried about gas prices? Why are you worried about your enemy? Why are you worried about where your next meal will come from? He loves you. He's the author and finisher of your faith. God knows you. I'm going to get out of here and sit down for real. No matter what, God always gives you a way to repent no matter how much you mess up. No matter what, he calls you, he wants you to get it together. Like a loving parent, God hears your voice when you cry out or call on him. He knows exactly where you are and the source of your distress. And he stands ready to deliver you from your sins if you will cry out to him in repentance and belief. This is why you should tell God that no matter what challenges you may have, or no more what challenges you, you may have to endure. You're going to count it all joy. And we thank you for your faithfulness. I, I just want you to just follow me because I, I, I understand that we, 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 this Thanksgiving, but we, we use Thanksgiving to thank other folk. We use Thanksgiving to, to throw parties and fellowship, which is good. We use Thanksgiving to make sure that we can bring our family together. But I need you to know that we need to start thanking God. So, God, I want to thank you for what you've already done. <laughs> I'm not going to wait until I see the results or receive rewards. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until I feel better or things look better. I'm going to thank you right now. <laughs> I'm not going to wait until people say sorry or stop talking about me. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until the pain in my body disappears. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until my financial situation improves. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until the children are asleep and the house is quiet. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until I get promoted at work or until I get a job. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until I understand every experience in my life that has caused me pain or grief. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait 
until the journey gets easier or the challenges are removed. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to say because I'm alive. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm going to thank you even though I'm going through hell. I'm going to thank you even though I'm going through tribulation. I'm going to thank you because I want to thank you for the ability and the opportunity to do better. I'm thanking you because, Father, you haven't given up on me. I'm thanking you because of your faithfulness. I'm thanking you because even though I made my bed in hell, you still have called me. Can I talk to Paul Jones? I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I had some weary days and some sleepless nights. But when I look things over and I I realize that my good days outweigh my bad days and I won't complain. Can I talk to you for a minute? He said, even though I'm broke, but thank you, Lord. My wife might have left me, but thank you, Lord. I'm going through hell, but thank you, Lord. I got to have surgery next week, but thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because I know if I'm still here, that even though I'm in the midst of it, even though the enemy's coming at me like a flood, even though I'm walking through the fire, no weapon, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No weapon, no weapon, no disease, no setback, no infirmity, no failure, no betrayal, no scandal, no gossip, no enemy. Death can't even stop me. Death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? If I ain't scared of death, I ain't scared of nothing that's gonna happen to me in this life because my God said that he, he who began a good work in me, a good work in you, he shall finish it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your steady hand. Thank you for being ever present help. Thank you for covering me and not letting the waters overtake me. Thank you for covering me and not letting the fire burn me. Thank you for covering me and not letting racism make me unsuccessful. Thank you for covering me. And even though I got pulled over, thank you for not letting me be a victim of police brutality. Thank you, Lord. Even though I'm going through hell, I know that one day I'm going to walk out of here because your word says no weapon. I don't know why I keep saying it. It ain't that I got nothing else in me, but somebody out here is going through something because for some reason I keep saying no weapon I don't care what you're going through no weapon I don't care how sick you are no weapon I don't care how downtrodden you look no weapon I 
Okay, how many times you failed? No weapon. Okay, how many enemies you got on your job? No weapon. Form that gets you shall prosper. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon. No weapon. He who began a good work in you, he shall finish it. Stop worrying about your enemies. Stop worrying about the scandal. Stop worrying about what they say to you about you on Facebook. So what? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He loves you. Even though he spoke the stars into existence. I done said it before. He spoke the moon into existence. The earth spins at 18 and a half miles every two and a half seconds. The centrifugal force is not so fast that it throws you in the atmosphere, but not so slow that you slide off the side of a round world. He placed the world. He spoke the world right close enough to the sun that you don't freeze but not too close that you burn up for years and years. The earth has been going in the same place, in the same lane to make sure that your air and your gravity and the water and the elements and everything is in the right place that make it conducive for you to live. But he spoke it into existence. He spoke the sky into existence. He spoke the world into existence. He spoke the earth into existence. He spoke the grass and the trees. He spoke the gases. He spoke light. It's like particles and waves. Or waves and particles. We still don't understand light. We still don't totally understand the seed and photosynthesis. How does the sun give a plant life but a seed that has never seen the sun still able to grow? I don't know and neither does the scientists but God spoke it into existence but when it came to you and me he didn't just speak you. He stepped out of eternity right down grabbed some clay formed you and shaped you because he loved you that much and then when he finished he blew the ruach in you the breath of the Holy Ghost a part of himself in you and after he spoke you into existence he was so tired he had to take a rest on the seventh day but can I tell you biblically that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day to God. We still in the seventh day 
he's still resting because after he made you it took so much out of him he loved you so much that even though you make your bed in hell he sent Jesus to walk down 42 burning generations enrolled himself in the flesh came out Emmanuel God is with us walked up the way one late Friday up the way of Via Dolorosa, the way of suffering they put nails in his hand hallelujah so that he died so that you may not perish but have everlasting life and when he stayed in the grave all day Friday all day Saturday but early Sunday morning he got up with not some with not most with not almost all but he got up with all power in his hands and when he had the power he released the power in you and me in the form of the advocate in the form of the paraclete in the form of the helper in the form of the Holy Ghost and that's why he said you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you so I need you to know this whatever hell you're going through you were made you were created for a time such as this and you can walk on serpents in whatever hell is coming at you so right now in the midst of your mess don't cry to God don't fuss at God but say thank you because if I'm going through it I know I'm strong enough to make it through thank you for building my character thank you for building my strength thank you for showing me who with me in hard times and not just good times thank you for showing me my enemies thank you for showing me my weak points thank you for showing me my flaws because I know I'm gonna win because you said if you began to work in me you shall finish it I'm more than a conqueror I'm an overcomer I'm fearfully and wonderfully made I'm gonna win thank you thank you Lord thank you Lord for the hell I'm going through thank you Lord for the infirmities I'm going through because you're just building me up and showing me and showing my enemies how strong you are I lay my burden right here on the altar I give it all to you I say Lord I look to the hills for which cometh my help help me thank you for helping me thank you for working it out thank you for building me up thank you for this test because I know when I go through it you're going to give me a double portion the same way you did Joe hallelujah thank you for thinking so much of me that you let me go through this hell because you knew I could handle it just say thank you 
if you're going through it. He let the devil know that he knew you was going to win. If you're going through it, he already know you're going to win. Just tell him thank you. He's preparing a place for you in the presence of your enemies. Your enemies there because it's a prerequisite to your blessings. When your enemies line up, stop getting mad and say, thank you, Lord. My plate is coming. When they talk about you, just say, thank you, Lord. I know my blessing's coming. Because the devil comes at you right at the cusp of your breakthrough. Right when it's time for you to go to the next level, he'll show up because he want to convince you that your breakthrough ain't coming. When he come at you, just hold up holy hands and just say, thank you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> the devil ain't doing nothing but giving you clues. He ain't doing nothing but dropping you crumb. You read your Bible. He prepared a place for you in the presence of your enemies. How can he prepare a place in the presence of your enemies if your enemies don't come out? Let them enemies come. Now, you ain't got to call them. They're going to come anyhow. I don't want you to call them more than you're supposed to have. Don't go call them. I know you're my enemy. Come. They're going to come. But when they come, know your blessings coming. I thank God for my enemies. I thank God. First of all, they keep me on my knees. Thank you, Lord, for letting them come to keep me humble. You know how to say this call may be monitored for quality assurance. Your enemies' quality assurance. They keep you humble. They keep you on your knees. Thank you for your enemies. Your blessing's coming. Your blessing's coming. If you got enemies coming out right now, your blessing's coming. Just say thank you right now. Thank him in advance. You see, 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 the problem is you keep waiting to thank him. Thank him before you get well. Give him a praise of thanksgiving before you. Call those things that be not as though they were. We ain't talking about calling bad news either. We talking about calling something good. Thank God for your healing even though you ain't got it yet. Thank God for your deliverance even though you don't have it yet. Thank God for your rich bank account and your millionaire status before you even get it. Thank him. Thank him in advance because he wants you to have it. He came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. I thank God for my abundant life. Even if it's not abundant right now, thank him for it because he said you could have it. And he said his word should never return unto him void. So thank him right now. Thank him for your abundance. Thank him for your promotion. Thank him for your healing. Even when you sick, even when you still broke. Because he promised it. So I'm just going to thank you right now, God. I thank you right now for my healing. I thank you right now for healing blood pressure. I thank you right now for healing ailments. I thank you right now for healing cancers. I thank you right now for healing lymphoma. I thank you right now for healing any infirmities that are in this building right now. I thank you for their deliverance. I thank you for their freedom. As their pastor and under-shepherd, I cover them right now. And I thank you 
for their deliverance. I thank you for delivering them from poverty. I thank you for giving them the job. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for giving them favor. I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus.